Right. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Woo, that was powerful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And there was light. If he said it, that settles it. Amen. Amen. Boy, I tell you, we have a faithful God. Amen. Amen. Glory. Well, praise God. We're going <laughs> to take up the offering because Randy's back there throwing stuff at me to remind me. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for those who are giving. Thank you for those who are giving and uh, online and through the website and texting, giving like we do, which is so simple. And those who want to give and can't or those who want to try it out and are afraid, help them, Lord. Show them. This is your spiritual law at work to bless the kingdom and provide for the your ministers and the spreading of the gospel and to return seed to the solar and multiplied form. And this is a place in the Bible where you've asked us, Lord, to test you and see if you will not bless us and open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so big that we can't handle it without your stewardship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just bless every, every dime that is given into this ministry, and we just pray for your great stewardship, Lord, to use it for the gospel, to spread the word, and to be a blessing to the kingdom of God, to grow it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Happy New Year's Eve. Hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. It was exhausting, very thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> but nice, wonderful. Exhausting. You know, I was thinking about that, and, and it, uh, holidays are usually very exhausting for my wife and I, too, partly because of work. But, but other than that, it's because we, we give so much of ourselves, you know, yes. and that's, that's a blessing. And that's, that's how we want it, you know. You ask my wife, what do you want for Christmas? And, just, and she just, and it's all about, well, nothing. I wanted to be able to do this for, yeah. you know what I mean? It's all about, and uh, anyway. So that's not such a bad thing to be exhausted after, after giving so much of yourself. And I know all of you are loving, giving people. So we are blessed. For our church family, yes. Hallelujah. Well, this is uh, this is our New Year's meeting. So I have been seeking the Lord and uh, and uh, listening to the body uh, of Christ. We have, uh, in case you were raised in a a place that. Uh, taught you all the apostles died off with the original church and, and that prophecy ceased and when the Bible came and tongues did and all that, that's all a lie. <laughs> so the fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, all very much alive in the body of Christ today. 
and always will be until Jesus returns. Amen. It says those tongues will cease and, and, uh, and prophecies will cease when that which is perfect has come. Some people have taken that and said, well, this Bible is that which is perfect, and so all that ended. Well, that's a lot. It also says there that knowledge will stop. <laughs> and the Bible teaches us that knowledge will continue to increase until he returns. So that's that which is perfect is coming, and that is our Lord and Savior, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? And it won't be long. So let's gather all the folks we can and help them enter into the kingdom of God. Amen? But spend some time with the Lord and, uh, and some uh, prophetic things. And, uh, and it was all really a blessing to me the, uh, the week of that because I, uh, what, what it did was confirm for me that, uh, that I've, just, I've been hearing from the throne <laughs> just like I knew that I was. Just like uh, the Lord promised uh, when he called me to this work is that... Uh, he would be my teacher, and uh, because that's the only way I would agree to do it. And so, it blesses me when I hear other ministers and hear great men of God, um, which I am the the least, believe me, in my own eyes, that that are saying things that I've been saying and and been hearing. And and uh, so, I just want to talk to you a little bit, and we'll have communion next week. So be ready for that. I know we had it last week, but it was Christmas. So next week we'll have it because it's the first Sunday, and that's when we like to normally do it. But uh, So we'll do that. And, you know, you can have communion at home. And I know that, Randy, I've seen you, and I'm, I'm glad you do that. You take the extra elements with you. If uh, Norma's not with you and the rest of you, I encourage you to take it uh, communion at home. Don't make it a religious thing in the sense that, I mean, I don't mean make it where it's a common thing either. It's very holy and very powerful and it's something the Lord asks us to do. But it's not, it doesn't have to be uh, administered by a priest, you know, with his collar turned around backwards. So <laughs> I was ordained that way one time. So I'm not, I'm not making fun. Well, a little bit I am. I won't ever show you the pictures. And if my wife does, I'm going to get upset with her. But that was about the third time I was ordained. <laughs> when you when you're so full of condemnation when you're coming out of the world, you know it's like it's like asking to be baptized every week. You know I'm not sure it worked. You know. <laughs> <clears throat> Hebrews two verse three from the NIV says, "How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation?" Oh, that's a powerful, powerful question. And that's one for every, every believer to meditate on and consider. This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, thank You for this day. Thank You for this wonderful, wonderful group of Your children whom You have sent here to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for using me as anointed vessel to spread the message, to sow the seed 
of your word into the hearts and minds and spirits of those who are hearing this message, either here today in person or by any other means and any other place at any other time. And we thank God for all of them. We're praying for you. The anointing and the word of God knows no bounds, no distance, no time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. As we're keeping that scripture in mind about this great salvation we've entered into. He was talking in context there that, you know, the, the law had been given <clears throat> through Moses and, uh, and those who broke it, they were killed, you know. And he says, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation as this? The one we've entered into with the real Son of God himself, which he had to die to give us. That's what makes it, that's one of the, that's the negative that makes it so great. The negative that he had to pay. What makes it so great is the grace that it provided. I hear you. I'm going to tell you, whatever you're going through, whatever you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, a born again, blood-bought child of God, whatever confronts you in this life, there's grace for that because of Jesus. Man, I can't even get through the opening. I just want to shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets. Just like she was singing there so powerfully and beautifully anointed. But I want to look into 2024 a little bit with you today so that we don't want to go into anything caught off guard or, you know, it's like sending your kids out into high school or to the prom or, or any kind of thing like that without any instruction at all. Kind of foolish. It's better when they're confronted with these things that they're going to be confronted with that someone's already told them the very negative and downsides of all those things that are seemingly very awesome and cool at the time. Saying, no, nah, I already heard that uh, that old devil, he's he going to promise me the moon. And say, come on out here on the end of this limb. I'm your friend. I'm your friend. I got you. And then he's going to leave you hanging every time. Huh? <laughs> John 1.17, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth, grace and truth, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Many people are looking to 2024, you know, when you get to the beginning of a new year, it's all about, oh man, you know, going to turn over a new leaf, I'm going to go on this diet and this and that and the other, all that stuff that's quickly, <coughs> quickly forgotten or whatever. But I'm talking about more of a 
not those superficial things, but I'm talking about people's overall mental and spiritual wellness right now, looking into 20 and 24. I don't know why I said it like that, 20 and 24. What am I from, the 17th century? 2024. I think that a lot of folks are looking to 2024 with fear, with apprehension, with um, dread. And, uh, but we're called to a life of faith, not fear. Fear is the exact opposite of faith. Fear is negative faith. Fear is faith in the devil. And that's, I know that's, that's pretty blunt. But it is true. We're called to live faith to faith. Glory to glory. Not crisis to crisis or illness to illness. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 29, 2, and here's why. One of the reasons, I think, and I agree with some others that I've heard say. Proverbs 29, 2 says that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn or live in dread and fear and apprehension. Huh? And I would say, uh, well, regarding that, I'm just going to say the tides of change are coming. The tides of change are coming. This nation and prayerfully the world, but, but right now, even though Christianity may be, it looks like it's uh, dwindling or losing track or this is the first generation uh, since the inception of this nation that is not a, a majority Christian nation, but, you know, it probably never was. If you want to look at real Christians, they might have been churchgoers, but that doesn't move me. Trust me, I'm glad you're all here. <laughs> Let's double it next week, okay? Yeah. And every week. Yeah. But I'm just saying, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in a garage makes you a car. Right. <laughs> if you're a Christian, it's good to be in church. Just like if your car, it's just safer and probably paint job will last a lot longer in the garage. But the tides of change are coming. This nation is moving from a woke counterfeit of the devil to an awakening, to awakened to God. There's a hunger and a yearning in the hearts and minds of people, young, young and old alike, for God. And they're seeking Him, and they're seeking Him honestly. And I mean, they're coming, and they're, they're, they have questions. 
They, I mean, they're really asking hard questions, but they want to know because they, they, they're like, there's got to be, this is not, this is not, you know, they've experienced all the silliness and they're saying, this can't be it. And, I, and they're questioning whether there is a God and that's okay. Because listen, when you seek him with your whole heart, you will find him. That's a promise. So let them, let them ask. Let them seek. Let them find. The tides are changing. This great awakening, this third great awakening for this nation has already begun. You see? So what that means, when you start to see the manifestation, it means that what that is is a manifestation of things that have already taken place or happened in the spiritual realm. And there's time and there's, there's, it doesn't work the same way and we don't know everything about it. And I thank God that I'm not God and I don't have to know all things. Even though I know all things that I need to know because I have the mind of Christ. But there are, there's going to be a lot of change. And we, we pray for all of our leaders. If you don't, you should. Jesus isn't coming back on Air Force One. In 2015, I was, we, were, we were supporting, my wife and I, we were supporting uh, one Christian uh, man from Texas. Seemed like the obvious choice. He was the one closest to the Bible, and that's all I care about. I was walking to go to work one day across the living room. My wife was there with one of the grandchildren and I, and I caught out of the side of my eye uh, a man coming down the staircase with his wife. And you know that famous escalator ride. I got to the door. I, didn't, I don't know. I don't know who he was. I, I knew who he was because when I remember when I was at uh, in my early 20s or a teenager, I saw a book in the Barnes and Noble that he had written. And then I knew he was some sort of a, a playboy or something like that. But I'd never watched his show. I don't know who he was. Didn't care. Didn't really, frankly, think I liked him very much. But I walked. I saw that man riding down. I got to the door. I stopped. And the Lord told me. And I turned around and I told my wife, I said, there's the next president of the United States. And she goes, Huh? <laughs> just like most people. She goes, I thought we were supporting so-and-so. I said, I'm telling you, the Lord just told me that's the next president of the United States. And she, this often happens with us. She went, you're right. And I said, yeah, wow. So from that moment on, we never budged. No matter what, all the nonsense that happened and all the things that would have normally ruled somebody out. <laughs> We didn't budge. We didn't. We never. We never thought anything else about it. And then I saw all the prophecies and all that that had been spoken, you know, by Kim Clement and all that a decade before or whatever, you know, saying that it was going to happen. And but before that, I didn't know anything. But we pray for all of our leaders. We pray for Biden. You know, you know, we, if he can understand, <laughs> he can understand that. <laughs> I don't know if he understands enough to still run a government. I remember when he was a sharp man. 
he was always on the, uh, you know, that other side. But uh, <laughs> I don't care what, what people call themselves. If they're doing it by faith, I just don't see how anyone can still say that they're walking by faith and living the Bible and still go along with uh, a team that, that, that excludes that on purpose. That's all I'm saying. I don't see how anyone can. They, they can't really and say that they are living according to the Word of God. We'll just leave it at that. But we still pray for all of our leaders. And why? Because the Bible tells us to, for starters, and it says so that we can live a peaceable life. And the best thing that can happen to them is for us to pray for them because the best thing that can happen is that God get a hold of them and change them. Amen. Amen. And we know because we just were, were, we were just, I was just teaching about the most powerful gift that God has given the believer is the power of prayer. Amen. Amen. So, but I believe that the awakening of our nation has torn down the strongest enemy opposition to over, over Washington, D.C. Now, it doesn't mean that the, all the negative is gone. That swamp is dirty and deep, <laughs> filled with all kind of monsters, and we know that. And I'm not saying that because somebody else used that term, but it just fits. I don't care which side you're on, you have to agree with that. And I believe that the, the future is going to manifest, and remember this, even, even probably not in 2024, but in the future, even the United Nations will be moved out of the United States. They will leave. They will leave because that's just going to be a, a gang of, of goat nations. God has divided them into sheep and goats, and those are just goat nations opposing Israel. And, and always, you should always be praying that the United States stays close allies with the nation of Israel. Bless yes. God. Yes. And that we sowed to the gospel. We've always been the biggest contributor to the gospel around the world. We have always been close to Israel. Those are reasons why this nation is so blessed. It's not because we're so smart and wonderful, believe me. God is faithful. God is faithful. What a great salvation we have entered into, huh? Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, which we've studied at Christmas, to just get a, a little bit of, hand, of a handle on, because see, the names of people in the Bible tell a lot about their character or what they're going to end up doing or being. And especially that goes for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and, and four of his names are in right there in, in Isaiah 9, 6. And the seventh verse talks about his government. I just want to read it again to you out of the New Living Translation, which is very uh, easy to understand. For a child is born to us. What child is that? The child that was given to Mary from God. Because he had to come and be like one of us in order to be qualified to be the kinsman redeemer to get us out of the mess we got ourselves into. A son is given. What son is that? God's son who'd been with him from all time, from all eternity. Everything that was made uh, was made by him and for him and through him. 
So he didn't start existing when, when he came as a child. That's just how it had to happen. But God gave us his son. He said the government will rest upon his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor. We, we talked at length about that. What a great counselor he is and how everyone should have been seeking him as their counselor through the, the holidays and continuing on into eternity. Amen. <laughs> Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7, his government and its will, not the will of man, not the government of the world, because basically I boiled it down. There's two types of government really in the world and they can have little differences but there's the ones that rule from the top down and the ones that are ruled by the people so the, you know the the communists socialists marxists whatever where you got the corrupt leaders and military or you got the ones like ours which are run by the people supposedly and then you elect leaders that go up there maybe with good intent but then that doesn't last for very long and they find out that they just they better do what the the will of the the mob is going to rule or else they're going to lose their election and there's no real leadership in that you see so the only solution to this corrupt government both ways is Jesus and his government the kingdom of God and his government and its will never end He's coming. He will rule. He will rule. The king of kings will rule with fairness and justice from a throne, the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Wow. I like how they put that in there. The passionate commitment of Jesus. They didn't say that. The passionate commitment of this child that was born to us. No, they didn't say that. He's reminding us. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies. He's telling you, hey, this, he's not coming back as a suffering savior. He, he's coming back as a conquering king. And he's coming back to rule and reign and to set everything right. And, and it throws in there that he's the Lord of heaven's armies in case, in case you want to try him. <laughs> he's coming soon. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. My wife has always thought that we wouldn't, we wouldn't neither one of us would pass before the other because Jesus is coming back to get us both. And I'm cool with that. <laughs> And he will rule and reign forever. But meanwhile, the enemy is going to do his worst. He's going to try and try and do his worst. Because his time is short and he knows it. He doesn't know the time and date, just like we don't. But he knows his time is short. He doesn't have a relationship with the Lord anymore. But he hears those talking who do. And he knows his time is short. So he's going to stomp his feet and throw a fit and do every nasty thing he can think of to try and win as many souls or take as many from God as he can. But he's a liar and a loser. Amen. His tactics... His main tactic is deception. 
He's a liar. A year ago, uh, I was, well, remember I had a major surgery three days after Christmas last year. Thank God I am totally free of that. Amen. Healthy and whole from head to toe. Amen. Glory to God. But while I was recovering, it was the 3rd of January or the 8th. I can't remember. I have to go back and look, but I did write it down. But I, I, I struggled in, in dreams all night, and then I, would, I think I would go into open visions and back into dreams. It was a battle, and it was all, <clears throat> and, it, and, and I was seeing all of the tactics of the devil. I was seeing his deceptive nature and ways, and it was all these different deceptions that he was putting on everybody from every walk of life. And I just, I really can't even, I guess it would probably be like Paul trying to write down the book of Revelation. <laughs> you know, it might have been easy for him, but it would be hard for me to describe all this. But I just saw the mighty deception of the enemy and how people just thought they were fine, thought they were doing good in many, in many, in many times. Other times they knew they were, they were doing wrong. <clears throat> but they were still deceived, you see. They were doing wrong, but they justified it. Others were doing what seemed to be right or was right by the world's standards, but it was wrong. You see what I mean? And he had them all deceived, and they all belonged to him. And I saw it just as clear as day. And it was an awful night. But it, it showed me a lot. So I guess, you know, I don't know why it happened the way it did. But I want to read 2 Timothy chapter 2. No, let's look at chapter 3, sorry. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Back in the back, all the T's back there, five T's in a row. Timothy, Titus, First and Second Thessalonians back there. Second Timothy, there we go. And the third chapter, it's not very long, but I'm going to read this. Because we're talking about the last days, and I'm not saying this, the Lord's not having me to say this, to scare you, but to prepare you. Same reason Paul told Timothy. Amen? Amen? Who was a pastor that Paul raised up. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty or perilous or fierce times. For people will be lovers of self, hello, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. 
just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and heard firm, firmly and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation from faith in Christ Jesus, through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. So that's a lot of reading there, but there's a lot of information in there about the end times. And it, it's good to be aware so that you're prepared. And when you see it, you're always filtering everything through the, through the word, you see. And a lot of those things there, of course, we see in the world, and, and they've been around ever since this was written. The spirit of Antichrist was already in the world when this was written. And we'll talk, let me talk a little bit more about that. Well, hold on. So in verse 13 there, I think, he says that deceivers... They're going to keep on getting worse, right? He says and, and they're deceivers who are deceived themselves. You see, that's why we pray for everybody. Our battle's not against flesh and blood. It's against the devil and his army, the deceiver, you see? So how do we overcome? Paul tells Timothy, first of all, hold fast to the Scriptures. This Bible, the Word of God. And the other thing is this. Say this. We're Word people, and we are Spirit people. Amen. It's a Spirit-filled, full gospel church right here. And, I, and this is why I've been preaching this for 16 years, because it's what the Lord showed me when He called me. I said, there's a church on every corner. They all disagree. What am I supposed to say? He said, they're not what you think. The church is not what you think. Talking about the, the ministers and the congregations. And I'm, I'm not hating on anyone. I love them all. But he was right and he showed me. And the end times bride is going to be 
walking in love and victory and power, adorned with all the gifts of the Spirit. And it's going to be necessary. And you're hearing now why it's going to be necessary. Because things are just going to get hotter and hotter. And I'm not talking about global warming. I'm talking about spiritually. <laughs> and he didn't invent the internet either. Ah, never mind. <laughs> Hold fast to the Word of God, and the same goes for you. But the second thing is, all through the Bible and history of the church, whenever there were great attempts at deception by the enemy, the power and the glory of God would show up and show off. They can never explain away the gifts of the Spirit, the working of miracles, and the power of God. And that's going to continue, and it's going to be more, you're going to see it more and more. You've seen, you're going to see it more and more. In 2024, you're going to see it more. These, the lying spirits are going to be pulled down through the power of praying in the Spirit. And I hope you do it and do it often. And the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, which are totally at the Holy Spirit's discretion. But make yourself available Pray in the Spirit. See yourself laying hands on the sick, seeing them recover. When you read Jesus doing that all through the Gospels, see yourself doing it. You know, when Andrew talks about, like when his son was raised from the dead after being in the morgue with the toe tag on for five hours, <laughs> and, you know, the, Carly raised somebody from uh, a baby from the dead recently up there. And, and you know, it, it happens a lot. You know, there are a lot of miracles in, in, with, uh, with the people that we're associated with. And, and uh, but, you know, he had been dreaming about it. He had been seeing himself in dreams and in, in his studies. It's raised people from the dead day after day, night after night in his dream before it ever ha started happening. And then he raised somebody from the dead at a, a church in uh, Colorado in a little town. And uh, Childress, I guess. And then, uh, anyway, but that's, that's, that's what you need to do. You need to identify not as someone who is known by Jesus, which is wonderful and accepted in him, but you need to identify as Jesus. I'm not talking sacrilege. I'm not saying going around saying you're the Messiah. He's already come. But you're in him and he's in you. And like I've told you before, you're the body, he's the head. Same person. You have the same authority. He, when he left, he gave you the, all the authority that he had while he was here. So you need to see yourself that way. When you walk into a room, the atmosphere should change. 
people that are not living for God, they should not feel comfortable in your presence. Not because you're judgmental and uh, of the Pharisees clan. Because they can sense that too, if you are. Sometimes though, just by, just by living for God, you're going to suffer persecution. And they'll accuse you of that even when you're not. You're not doing anything except loving them. But you're there and you're an example of what they are not. Or what they've been rejecting. So don't worry about that. That's God. And don't apologize for it. He don't need you to apologize for him. Or him living through you and being seen in you. That should be normal. The new normal for you. <laughs> mm. So many things I want to share. So, the Holy Ghost manifesting in the church. The glory of God. Have you ever seen the glory cloud? Have you ever been in a place like that where it's tangible? You may have. It's, it's something. It's really something. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, have you ever been in a place where, and, I, and I've been in some where I thought there was a lot of the flesh going on, and I know there was because God's not weird, but other times when there's just like a spirit of laughter just comes upon I mean, there's all kind of cool stuff. God is really cool. But, Revival and its third great awakening has already begun in the body of Christ. In this nation, it's already, it's already happening. It's not like a revival in a church where it breaks out and it, it just lasts there for... This is, this is something that is going to take over the whole nation, you see, and hopefully the world. But it takes time and it spreads like little fire here and there and then... Next thing you know, there's a full blaze, you see. You're going to witness that in your lifetime because we've already in the beginning stages of it. <coughs> when I was still really green in the ministry, which, you know, I'm not like some of my mentors who've been pastoring and teaching for 40, 50, 60 years, but... but but I've been through some things now. You know what I mean? But when I was really green, I saw some really great manifestations of, of the Holy Spirit, the glory of God, healing, and power, and miracles of prophecies, and entire church being slain in the Spirit when I was ministering. And then it was as if God just began to wean me off of that for a season. And it was to slowly show me, um, instead of seeing the spectacular, he wanted me to see the supernatural always at work. And while I was still really longing for the really spectacular, I began to enjoy the supernatural and to know that my prayers and things that, and, and see, when you become really sensitive to the supernatural that's always going on in your midst, and you recognize that most of the people in your midst are missing it, 
all the time, it really is very heartbreaking. It's very sad. And I, I live that life. And I'm not saying that any of you, I'm not saying all of you don't see any. Hopefully you're just as sensitive to God as I am. But, but I live that life. And it, it's very heartbreaking to see that others don't see. You know, and when, when you pray and you know that God hears your prayers because you pray with the will of God and then the people get what they're, they're wanting and then they're giving all the glory to the doctor, to the medicine, to the, some work they did and got this extra money. You know what I mean? When you know that it was just a manifestation of God's answered prayer in their life. You see, because it didn't happen right when you prayed with a lightning bolt. They say the prayer didn't work, but but we made it work out. You know, it all we figured it all out. Oh man, don't say that. Please don't say that. Give God the glory. Amen. Give God the glory. <laughs> when you stop being so concerned with the natural. I mean to look at you, May, because you're one of the the last uh, that I would look at for that. But when we stop being so concerned with the natural and stay concerned with the supernatural, we'll begin to see it every day. Remember, what you magnify is going to be the the real thing, the more the bigger thing in your life. You know, you, you know they say make a mountain out of a molehill. Well, that's what you do when you focus on your fear and your faith and your lack and your problem instead of on the promise of God. And the more you do focus on the supernatural and give God the glory for all the little things, the more He'll show you. I'm not, I'm not speaking dynamically, but I want you to hear me. This is some of the most powerful truth you'll ever hear. He's that way. And listen, there is supernatural increase waiting for you in the glory, in the living, in and by the Spirit of God, the anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One. But some of you have suppressed it for so long or never fed. You know, you, 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 sometimes we, you know, I was just telling, Joey was complaining about gaining five pounds and I said, try 30. I put everything I lost last week, I mean last year, back on. So we don't miss a meal physically, but sometimes we're starving spiritually, you see. And all those muscles are going, you know, your, your uh, atrophy. <laughs> I still have a six-pack at least. It's just way under there somewhere. Under the pony keg. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> If you'll get excited about the anointing and living a life after the Spirit, we're talking about 2024, you will see wonderful results. 
this coming year. That's a fact. You know, I've heard so many, 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 many messages always on New Year's about, oh, you're blessed. And this year, God is going to roll your new Rolls Royce into your drive. You know, everything. <laughs> and listen, I'm not mad at those guys. I love them. And you know what they're doing? You, you know what most evangelists do? You know what most ministers have to do? They have to get you excited in the flesh before they can get your spirit excited. You should always be excited in the spirit. Because your spirit's always excited. Always praising God. But you just can't discern it with your natural sense. So they got to get, get you leveled up to where your faith is, 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 becomes alive enough to receive something from God. So they're not really doing wrong to do that. And I know that, you know, I'm not critical, you know, if I could still jump on tables, I might do it once in a while. Afraid I'll fall, break one of them little chairs if I try. I've never been a table jumper. Is that when I was teaching karate, do demonstrations. But preaching, no, this is it. I'm like Andrew. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited right now. It's about as excited as I get. <laughs> it's all on the inside. <laughs> uh, God wants you to have the best possible conclusions to everything that you face and you can have that in 2024. So my point is about all those great messages you hear for New Year's prophetic meetings and all that, there's nothing wrong with that stuff. If you receive it and just act like it's a done deal, you will have those things. But the truth is God is a generous God and He's always that way. If you, if you, he, you're not waiting on God, He's waiting on you. Psalm 125, Psalm 125, the first five verses. And I, I copied it here from the Passion Translation because it's really cool. It says, those who trust in the Lord are as unshakable as unmovable as mighty Mount Zion. Just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord's wraparound presence surrounds His people, protecting them now and forever. The wicked will not always rule over the godly, provoking them to do what is evil. God, let your goodness be given away to your good people, to all your righteous ones. But those who turn away from truth, them you will turn away from you to follow their crooked ways. You will give them just what they deserve. And then I like the last line, may Israel experience peace and prosperity. It's for the church as well. There are good things, good things available and God is excited for you to have them. 
But the ones who get them are God's unshakable worshipers. You see? In all seasons. You know. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Bingo. All right, thank you, Jesus. But do you, do you thank him, you know, when the reports are not good? That's, that's where real faith comes in. That's where your faith is tested. And that's where the greater blessing, when you can praise him in the storm, that's when the greater blessing comes. It's easy to, to praise him when things are good. But then blame him for when things are bad or sulk and pout and think you're going to guilt him into doing something. You know, he's already done it all. He's like, there's grace for that. He's sitting there telling you, you're like, well, you didn't do this and you could, you know, if you wanted to do this, you could do it for me. Just like a teenage girl does to her dad or mom. You see, it's like, wait a minute. He's not like us for starters he's already blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heaven and the places we just have to participate with all the spiritual laws that he has at work that are there to benefit us and praising him in the storm is part of it yeah praising because beyond the, the thunder and the storm and the rain and the clouds the, 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 the sun is still shining bright and you have to focus on that more than the clouds and the storm, you see? In 2024, Grace and Truth Church, we're going to worship and we're going to pray and I'm going to be encouraging you to fast with me. Um... Maybe I'll just talk about that next week and let you enjoy the new year. But we'll start off, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty easy. It's going to be pretty easy, yeah. It's going to ask you to give up something and let you choose, you see. Anyway, we'll talk about it then. Uh, here, I'll, start, I'll talk about it next week and I started to talk about it, didn't I? <laughs> but just get ready. We're going to do a fast together, okay? And if you don't have to participate. Fasting doesn't make God, it's not going to twist God's arm to do anything for you. It doesn't make him love you anymore. It makes you love him more. It makes you realize your flesh isn't in charge of you. Hello. Praise God. And it helps you to hear God more clearly. So we're going to talk about that and we're going to grow in that. And it makes a place available for the for you, to, for the glory of God, the Holy Spirit to, to operate and to dwell. I mean, he's already in you, but to, for you, to, the hearing, the, the exchange of you and him, you see. So, so when we begin to do these things and pray and seek God about these things, some of you will be getting words of knowledge and, and some of you will lay hands on the sick and, and see them recover. We're going to see miracles. We're going to see signs and wonders. We are. Huh? I, 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 we're going to see, we're going to see wonderful things. I, I see them now. So they're going to manifest. Hmm? I've already seen them. So they're going to manifest. Yep. 
I want to see them. And we, as a, as, a, as a body, we want greater manifestations of the Holy Spirit, don't we? Amen. The glory cloud, the manifest, tangible love of God flooding our midst and healing and, uh, in, in the church and healing uh, on the streets and blessing uh, everyone in our midst. We want to see the gifts of the Spirit and miracles and signs and wonders. And we're, we're, as we're going into this new year, I, will, I believe this. And now we're almost to the end, so don't let it, don't say, oh, here this comes. But this, this is from God. Because we're still talking about not only what God's going to do, but the enemy's attempts, right? But I believe it be, would be the wisdom of God for everyone to consider to sow a seed of faith into the kingdom of God. I mean, think of your, your greatest need, whether it's health, money, relational, and then sow your very best seed, a seed of faith, meaning something that hurts to do, hurts to give. <laughs> you know, Jesus stood there and watched them all bring their offerings. Some wealthy people put large sums in there. This widow, she brought, put the widow might in there, the widow's might, or two little copper coins. Is all she had. Jesus said she gave more than anybody. Because it's all she had to live on, he said. Now, I'm not telling you to use your credit card. That's stupid. But until, unless it hurts to give, then it's really not a faith. I've written thousands of dollars of check. You know, I remember taking a $6,000 check to a pastor's house that I had given him to live in when I didn't even think he was right. And we didn't even have a church. But I didn't even think twice about it. But it hurt. <laughs> but I did not look back. I did not think twice about it. Because Tavon and I are givers. And God showed us that in the beginning of our great salvation. But when, when he gave me that dream and had all those cars and all that up in the trees. And the trees were holding them up to the heavens. And praising God. And I knew that I was supposed to give all those cars away. And we did for Christmas that year. And uh, we've never thought twice about it. But God is just, he's telling me people need to sow into their future. Sow into the kingdom of God. Sow into their church, into the ministry, into the gospel. And a seed of faith, that just means that it, it does, does hurt a little bit. It's something that you're not, not really in a position to do, perhaps. And believe me, it's not fun for me to even say these things, but my faith is greater than the, the natural desire not to speak about these things because I know how people feel when they hear preachers talk about money. But you wrap your faith around that seed and you sow it into the, the ministry, into the church, into the storehouse where you are fed, you see? And God will meet your need. And in 2024, there's going to be demonic move against finances in this nation. 
And I believe that's why he's, he's putting that in, in hearts of, uh, of many uh, prophetic ministers and in me. But if, people, if the people of God will make a practice of giving offerings of faith, it will build a hedge around their homes and their families and their jobs and their loved ones against the devourer, um, against anything that he could do to hurt you. And the Lord will rebuke him and that seed will bring you a harvest even in the midst of the drought, you see. And now what you don't want to do is think of this as Like, like, uh, like Andrew talks about in Malachi 3, a lot of ministers, I've heard the minister uh, make God sound like the Godfather instead of Father God. <laughs> like you got to pay him off and then he'll protect you. It's not like that. You're not bribing God. It's an opportunity to participate or to cooperate with one of God's spiritual laws, the law of sowing and reaping that's, that's always going to be at work until he returns. And he put it there for your benefit not to harm you or to hurt you. He doesn't want your money. He doesn't have any money in heaven, not a single dollar. When he wants to bless you in this life, he'll send a person. So when you bless someone, don't worry about that person anymore. Don't worry about, well, I did this for them. They should be doing it. Don't worry about that person. God can send whoever he wants. You just keep doing good. Understand that? It lets you off the hook. It keeps you from being offended because most of the time when you bless a person, they're not going to reciprocate like you think they should. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Yes. So don't start, stop thinking that they should. Don't even, just forget about it when you do it. And God will get it to you however he chooses, through whomever he chooses, and it'll be multiplied. You're not giving it away. You're giving it into your future where God handles it and multiplies it. He's a God of multiplication and he returns it back to you. But it's because of your faith in God and his faithfulness that it works. Yeah. So in 2024, the deception, the deception, the deception of the enemy and the attacks, they're going to continue. But the Antichrist, and I'm going to try to finish up with this. Uh, I've got a little longer than that. Okay, let me just hurry up and finish this, though. But you want to you want to hear this because people have all kind of weird thoughts and thinking about certain things, and the Antichrist is one of them. And God doesn't want you fearful, does He? He wants you to live a life of faith. And what what is the kingdom of God? It's not about eating and drinking, but Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, right? That's your life. That should be your litmus test because that's what your inheritance is. But the attacks are going to continue from the enemy. But that Antichrist, he has no authority over the children of God. Know this. The man of lawlessness, as the Bible describes him, that Antichrist, he cannot even be revealed in this world while the church is still here. You're not going to contend with him. You contend with the spirit of Antichrist every day. 
If Oprah Winfrey or anyone else stands up and presents you with a religion and says that they believe you know, in Jesus also, but don't think that being born again is a requirement to get to heaven and he's not necessary, that's the spirit of Antichrist. Anything that says Jesus is not mandatory and the only way to God the Father, that's the spirit of Antichrist. Jesus plus anything is nothing. Amen. When will tongues cease? When will prophecy cease? When will knowledge stop increasing? When Jesus returns for us. So as long as the Holy Spirit is here on earth, residing in these temples, our bodies, the Antichrist cannot reveal himself. He's restrained. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 those T's back there in the back still. Starting in the first verse. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and I'm almost done. Everybody okay? Yeah. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to Him, talking about the rapture, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken. Are you the unshakable? Yes, you are. Resolve that you are right now. Not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit, that's a little s, not the Holy Spirit, or a spoken word, or a letter seeming to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way. For that day, talking about the day of the Lord returning for us, will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. That's the Antichrist, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. He is going to do that. Do, not re do you not remember that when I was still with you, this is Paul talking, I told you these things. And you know what is restraining him now, so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. That He's talking about the Holy Spirit is restraining him from coming or from revealing himself. And then the lawless one will be revealed, but that's when we're gone, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. In 2024, there's a mighty revival coming to God's church and His people, and it's going to be beautiful. And we all get to be a part of it. The latter house will be greater than the former house, Saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
Deception will increase. That will happen too. See, all the wonderful things, all the, the great awakenings that happened before, the first two all came on the, on the foothills of, of terrible, terrible tragedies. So they kind of go together. But the church will prosper in times of great adversity. And so take comfort in that. Deception will increase. The Bible says it will until Jesus returns. But the good news is the children of God cannot be overcome by it. Now that's the blessing. Not those who live the word of God and live after the spirit of God. God is a God of abundance. And listen to the spirit of the Lord. Abundant blessings are coming in 2024. Even in the midst of great adversity. Focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Not the world and the problems. Focus on Jesus. God has wonderful things ahead. So don't focus on the past. The future for true believers is bright. What a wonderful, great <coughs> salvation we have entered into. Let's not neglect it. Amen? Amen. 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 You know the Lord loves you today? Amen. Tell Him you love Him too. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for this day and thank you for this year that you have given us. Thank you for the wonderful gift that you gave us in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we had just had the opportunity to celebrate Christmas and the coming of our Lord Jesus the first time. And now, as the new year approaches, we are thankful for the year that you are about to give us. And we are thankful that we are able to discuss the second coming of our wonderful Lord and Savior and King. And we just thank you, Lord, that you tell us these things not to scare us, but to prepare us. And that we are prepared and we are strong and we are unshakable in our faith and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And that we know that there is grace available for every thing and every hardship that comes against us. And we just thank you for that. Help us to walk in the victory that Jesus has provided. To always be in the right place at the right time. To say and to do your will and to receive the blessings that you have for us all. And let them be abundant. And as we receive the abundance of your blessings in this year to come, Lord, help us to always be good stewards of everything you put in our care. Bless every family and every relationship and bless everything that everyone hearing this message puts their hands to. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory.